Welcome back to A Positive View of Rural. Today we have as our special guest Deborah Hansen, who is with the Washington State Extension Service. Welcome, Deborah. Hi, Becky. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm glad that we were able to make everything connect and work today. Um, like many rural places, we worked through a couple of technical challenges before we got hooked up now. Uh, but we are up and going, and it's exciting to talk to you because you have a really interesting model for an event that I think everyone can learn from. Before we talk about the event, I want to introduce a little bit about who you are, that you are an ex you are with the Washington State Extension, that you work directly with one county, but you also do a lot of regional work. And I got to know you because you were one of the people who helped to create the Rural Pathways to Prosperity Conference there in Washington State. And the short name for that was Rural P2P. Everything needs a short, you know, extension has to have a cute name for it. It has to be. That's right. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about what, what kicked that off? How did that idea get started that you should do prosperity? Well, um, my role in extension is community and economic development, and I work with nine communities in my county and started my work um, in a program called Horizons, which was a program to build community leadership to reduce poverty. Directly after that, we did a Stronger Economies Together program, which was a uh, rural development USDA program that helped us look at what our economies are like and how are things, what are some things that we can do to change that and make it more vibrant. And then I did a broadband um, grant where we explored uh, broadband problems in our community. And then through all of that, it kind of led us to believe and which a lot of rural communities know is it's about small businesses in our communities and how can we strengthen and build our local small businesses to be better and more efficient and more economical and that rises all of our economies and in, in our communities so that's kind of where it started my personal feeling is um, it's not just the economic development districts and the uh, planners that need to take care of this you know my tagline here is small business is everybody's business because I'm either a consumer or a supporter or there's lots of things I can do to support those small businesses. Oh, I, I agree so much because prosperity really is, it's all of our business. Small business is everyone's business. All of us, no matter what we do for a living or what we do for work, all of us want to live in a community that's thriving. We want, you know, we need a place to shop and to get our hair cut and we want to be able to go out to eat and we want that to be a lively place. No matter what size it is, we want it to be full of life. And to me, that's a great feeling of prosperity when you have a community that's full of life and doing interesting things. That's right. We feel the same way here. <laughs> okay. So now Washington is a big state. Now, uh, I mean, it's enormous geographically, and it's also very spread out. It's like that. It's like my area that way. Uh, my part of rural Oklahoma is very uh, sparsely populated. It's a long way between towns. And you have the same issue there in Washington State. And so when you decided to do the Rural Pathways to Prosperity, you came up with this really, um, we're going to call it an oddball model. I mean, it's a very <laughs> interesting model that you are doing an in-person event, except it's a live online event, except it's also in regions. So tell us. How does that work? How does that even work? And how did you come up with such a crazy model? Well, I actually, um, I have to give a credit to uh, another colleague, uh, Margaret Vibrock, who started this type of program with Women in Ag four years ago, where she does, does the webinar and then does um, exercises for women farmers. Um, 
when we started looking at um, how do we help our rural communities, we used to have a statewide conference where everybody would drive to um, a, a city in the middle of the state. But like you say, it's hours away from the corners of the state. So when the women and egg um, kind of model was being used, uh, a couple of us sat down and said, well, let's try and use this for economic development in regional areas and, and try to pull them away from a one-site um, drop-in and, and see if it would work to do an, a webinar with an expert and then design exercises where the community starts to work together. That makes it a little bit different than women in ag because women in ag is about an individual learning. Ours is about how do you create a facilitated conversation and move the communities forward in a, in a better way. So our first event was in 2013 and it was very successful on many levels and so decided to do it again and we are two weeks away from having our second event oh, awesome. coming up in April. Yeah. Oh, and so by the time this comes out, it will already have happened. Yeah, yeah. So, well. so we'll get, I will make sure that we put in the notes how it came out. You can send me okay. a little update. Um, okay. Now, so this is, this. let's talk about the detail of how it works. There yeah. is a live broadcast of a webinar, like expert is located in someplace else. Yep. And then there are people come together in regional towns. So like people drive, say, maybe an hour or half an hour. Correct. To a regional area that's kind of close to them. Yep. And at so, that site, at that site, then there are some live people who are going to help facilitate the discussion and they get to be around their neighbors. Yes, yes. And so the idea, it actually seems simple when you explain to people because it's a webinar that you can broadcast and everybody's seen webinars before. Um, but the preparation and deployment of it becomes complicated because what we want to make sure is that people can hear it and then move to action in their local areas. So we give a lot of care and planning around finding high-quality speakers. Now, you were our first speaker, so I'm going to use you as our high-quality example because you, A, knew your content, and then you also had the skills to deliver at a distance and make all those people in those locations feel like they were engaged in the content and then move to um, do some exercises. So while we're working with the speakers during the conference planning, we're also designing very engaging and relevant exercises that adds value to the content that's delivered. Um, some of the really sticky points are finding which sites are going to work for regionalism and then also how to find a site manager that can make it feel like it's a crazy fun conference the day of the event. So we spend a lot of time talking to the site managers and what it takes to do it and making sure that they very clearly understand the exercises. We give very detailed descriptions about them and also allow them to be creative and and work, make it work for their audience. Some of the other challenges about this is how do you handle the um, local, regional, and statewide marketing and coordination of these? Because you get some regions that are or some locations that are quite close and have, you know, the same media. So we also spend a lot of time saying, okay, how is this going to roll out in your particular particular area? So it's it's really fun. It it seems simple when you fire it up, but all this prep to it is pretty pretty engaging and exciting. So would, would you say that it's more work than doing one centralized in-person conference, or would you say that uh, you saved some work but generated more new work and so it came out about the same, or was it easier? 
Well, I would say it's a little bit harder in the fact that um, you want to uh, make sure you have everything prepared ahead of time. And I know when I go to conferences, uh, I see a lot of different presentations, but often they are one-hour PowerPoint dumps, or I might have some engaging piece of it, but the whole conference isn't often kind of folded together in one cohesive direction. And so the planning part of it does seem more intense if you want to have those really strong outcomes at the end. And so for the people that are planning this one day seems intense, but you don't have 20 people that are trying to prepare a, a presentation. So it, different kinds of difficulty, I guess, is how to describe that. Okay, yeah. And, and that helps other people. The whole point of doing this is to share this model and this idea, because exactly like you say, too many events are just a series of one-hour time blocks that proceed from one to the other with no, you know, maybe a theme, but not a specific intent and a focus. And very seldom do you go to an event where you get to feel like we talked about my community. We made plans that are going to shape the future of my town. And this was an event where people could feel that. People could, having, having listened to the first talk, and then done the, the exercises and interaction, they, they, by the end of the day, they had specifically talked about their community, the future of their town, and what steps they could take. They knew when they left there what they were going to do. Exactly, yeah. And that's, that's why we felt just empowered to do it again, because um, some of the outcomes from the conference were just really exciting and not what we expected. I mean, we, we put the exercises together, and hopes that people would come up with action plans, but you know, it's a, it's their community, so they get to decide what to do. Now, you did do some follow-up surveys. Yes, we did. And it seemed like from the you sent out an excerpt of the follow-up surveys, people really seemed to like the distributed model. Yes, very much. Um, we asked them if they would prefer going to one conference in the state, and we said, you know, just kind of described it as a, a two-day conference. And eighty-seven percent of them said absolutely not. They enjoyed coming locally and regionally to to learn this they built relationships with people in their areas and talked like you say about issues that were relevant they liked that local networking it was far less expensive for them to attend uh, more people could attend because of the expense and the time commitment and then a couple of them said statewide events are just overwhelming you go there and you're you know from a little tiny town and you feel like everybody else there knows each other or you know is maybe smarter than you or you know there's lots of reasons why you you know getting together with the people that you are going to work with makes sense to build relationships with the other thing that I thought was really interesting is we had 13 sites the first year, and we specifically talked to the site facilitators about their experience, and 100% of them said, absolutely, sign me up. I want to do it again next time. Uh, we kind of described it as, here's your conference in a box, because we provided templates and news releases and all the materials that sign-up sheets. We took care of the registration online, so they you know, had lots of work to do to prep, but not as much as if they had to design a whole day for themselves. So it was also a sneaky way to get people working regionally. You know, small towns, <laughs> we all hate each other because, you know, we're rivals in sports and we beat on each other and, oh, those terrible people from Fairview, you know. I mean, we just have this kind of uh, inner city, small town rivalry going on. And so if we all go sit in the same town and work together, it's just another sneaky way to make us work together in a regional way. 
Right. It make well, it makes you realize that yes, we all have the same issues. Are there ways that we can work together or are they do we need to handle them, you know, in our own small communities? And some of them you do. Some of them you do have to handle yourselves, but others you can collectively move together. Yeah, so it was, it's very exciting. It's it's a it's a fun project to do. Uh, you get to work with people all across the state. And some of the outcomes that came out, um, we had one community that is designing a regional food hub uh, directly out of conversations they had. Another one is creating a maker space uh, because they found out that there was not enough of that opportunity for um, entrepreneurs to get to. So lots of good things happening across the state. So we're excited to see what happens after this conference. And so those were two ideas that we actually talked about during those days. They yeah. came up in conversation, but nobody dropped those or forced those onto those communities. Each community was able to look through the ideas and go, oh, the one that makes sense for us right. is a makerspace. Right. And, you know, your presentation was great because you, you said, here are examples of other communities and kind of gave a menu of things so that people would say, yeah, that piece would fit for me and that's what I want to work on. And so, you know, them being able to say, that's the project that I would like to get behind. And that's that's things that we learned out of Horizons and Stronger Economies is we don't we don't want to go into a community and tell them how to fix their problems. They They know what the issues are. They need creative ideas about how to organize themselves, how to think things differently. They do not need anyone to tell them what to do. So this particular conference model works really well for them. So you plan to do more like this? Yes. Um, I'm real excited to say South Dakota um, Extension is has picked it up, and they are doing one in April as well. I think they have eight sites for their conference model. And I find it, it's an interesting model for a lot of different kinds of um, – Issues. It doesn't have to be around economic development or even, you know, women in ag or economic um, issues. Other other people that are trying to reach out to diverse audiences that are geographically um, away, it helps out with them. So we're we're pulling together all of the materials that we've um, been successful in in organizing so that we can help. Like we're helping South Dakota figure out how to do this and. Um, kind of the lessons learned from our, our pain is always kind of fun to share. So, Oh, yeah. we I, I mean, this is how we learn it is we try it, we do it, we figure out a better idea from what we did wrong. That's how we do this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that didn't work so good. Oh, let's try it this way. Yeah. Now, one of the innovations that you came up with out of this, of the, oh, we need to adapt from what we learned, was about taking that same basic program content. And then you and I worked together to make a set of videos that you could specifically take around and go to towns that weren't able to participate in the conference. Right, right. So in our area, we had um, 25 people attend our conference, but only two or three from some of the smaller communities. So um, we, I took and their that videos. And like, that was just oh, in sorry. your region. That's just in my region, right. right. It wasn't 25 people over the whole state. It was 25 No, no, there were, 100, there were over 180 across the state. And okay. Yeah, no, just in my little communities um, or in my county. So I took it in a three-part um, conversation with the chamber. So I went once a month for three months watching the video and breaking the, ex the exercises attached to those three segments and then took went back a fourth time to do action planning. And so that kind of fit well into their chamber kind of presentation model 
And it was a way to engage more people in the conversations about what they can do to help support small businesses. So now we have a, a ambassador program that has bubbled out of that on how do we help talk about our communities. So it was very, that was great to have that archived video to be able to use it again and again in smaller ways. So I remember when you did the first one of those, you took just a photo of all the ideas that you came up with in just one area. And it was like, 47 ideas and, and three that were the big priority that they were going to take action on. Right. I think that's terrific. That's a wonderful outcome for, you know, it could have just been, hey, the extension person came and visited the chamber and told us about yeah. extension um, and brought the PowerPoint, you know. Right, right. Did the PowerPoint, uh, which we, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's made, it certainly made my work um, more interesting and exciting to go out and, and help people learn things. I mean, some of these things, you know, like demographics and real data. I mean, we've talked at length about how do we help celebrate our entrepreneurs and successes that we have. And and we all know it's important, but actually setting down and saying, well, what are we going to do? And what are the pieces that are missing? Is This gives you an opportunity to have that conversation. Wonderful. So yeah. I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. I know that you with having your own county and all the regional work and everything that's going on, your next conference coming right up, I know you're very busy. Do send us an update of how I things will. go at this conference this time. Um, and tell people where they can find more, find more about you online or connect with you. Where can folks find you? Uh, they can find me at stevens.wsu.edu. That's our website. Um, the Rural Pathways to Prosperity website is waruralprosperity.wsu.edu. And you can find information on there on the distributed conference model, too. Like I said, we're trying to start collecting this information and help people understand how to how to think about it and plan for it and do that kind of um, model for their either issues or communities. It wouldn't be extension if you didn't share the model. I know. That's just what we do. That's what exactly. we do. <laughs> that is so great. Thank you so much, Deborah, and, and thank you for coming on with us today. Hey, thank you, Becky. I look forward to hearing more of your work, too.